Good day. Welcome to the manual. I hope all is well and you're putting your best self forward. It's been a very long 15 days or so into the new year. Um, I would like to say that I'm doing okay. Uh, mental health wise, I'm doing okay. Physically, I'm doing okay. At least I think I am. Uh, getting a lot of uh, workouts in. Um, I kind of live my uh, cycle of life around um, how my workouts go. Kind of weird, but kind of not. So it's been a lot going on in the news lately, as we know. Um, I live in the D.C. metro area. Actually, the DMV is what they like to call it, which is the district, uh, Maryland, Virginia. I'm from Jersey, and DMV as to us means Department of Motor Vehicles. I always thought that was kind of weird, but I've been here 10 years, and I'm still kind of like, you know, side-eyeing that thing when I, when I hear the DMV. Um, but obviously, I haven't been personally in D.C. since late 2019, I believe. I didn't go at all into D.C. in the year 2020, obviously for obvious reasons, but I have not been down that way. But I've seen in my travels around, I live in a D.C. suburb called Alexandria, Virginia, and I've seen in my travels uh, the remnants of what's going on currently. And obviously, we're gearing up um, into a new week coming up next week where they're going to elect the new president. I'm sorry, um, elect. I'm sorry. They're going to inaugurate a new president. And with that being said, obviously, there there are security measures need to be taken. But in this situation, it seems to be extra. I'm seeing uh, National Guardsmen kind of rolling down into into D.C. Uh, A lot of activity. Um, I think I've even heard them say something about, you know, there's been more um, guard activity in the nation's capital versus uh, the three countries that we currently have um, forces in, which is crazy to me. But I mean, this is where we're at with the situation. So I, I hope, you know, these guys are well. It tends to kind of like makes me um, um, raise an eyebrow to how we treat our resources in this country. Uh, and I'm talking in the in the aspect of the National Guard. Um, obviously, these people are... Um, not volunteers, so to speak, but they are people who have regular lives. They have, you know, they're firemen, they're policemen, they are, you know, um, doctors. They're they're in society, and when they're called upon, if it's a natural disaster or a state of emergency, you know, these men and women react and they and they come out. It kind of it's kind of disheartening to see that you have national guardsmen sleeping in the hallways of these buildings right now. Like you wouldn't think that they would put up some kind of tent city or something or have accommodations for um, these people. I know that they've canceled every B&B possible in the city so that no one could attend the inauguration if you're not already down here, which is great. But those um, could be not, you know, those could be served for these guys, you know, these men and women to guard. Um, You know, if they have to guard something and they need to sleep, you know, have accommodations for them. I find that kind of crazy to see that. But here we are, you know, we we tend to um, sometimes, um, you know, over exaggerate or oversell something. But I don't know. I don't know how credible these threats are, you know, to what's going on. Um, it's not for me to say, oh, don't do that. But, you know, if it if it garners this kind of response, then that's what it kind of is. So, you know, here we go. So today's um, show is going to be um kind of sending around a question I got from a listener that uh, texted me something and I thought it was of worth, um, you know, answering obviously, but also building some thoughts around uh, how that goes. 
Um, this person asked me, uh, what is my greatest strengths and what are my greatest weaknesses? If I had to pick two on each side, obviously I'm a, you know, like everyone else, I'm a complex person, you know, but I have simple kind of ways of living for the most part. But, you know, when we look at strengths, we always go with the, I am, you know, I'm bold, I'm assertive and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But um, when I had to kind of mull through the list of, you know, I guess good qualities I have or good strengths, um, because I guess good qualities would be a little bit different from a strength. Um, you know, good quality is like you're polite. <laughs> that's not a strength. That's just a good quality about a person. So a good a good quality. Well, actually, you know what? I'm going to back up a little bit. I'm going to start with my weaknesses, all right, which can be a strength for some people. But for me, these are uh, things that I struggle with. I have, probably have a long list of them, but if I had to pick two off the top, uh, this would be number two and the number one. Number two is that I am a very um, open, transparent person. And what that means is that I don't I don't necessarily tell you exactly all my troubles and worries and all of that kind of stuff like that. But I am a genuine article in the fact that you kind of get what you get from me. Um, I am a friend that would, you know, without subversion, I would tell you what it is. If you ask me your my opinion about something, if you ask me, hey, what, how do you feel about X, Y, Z? I'm going to tell you from my perspective, but it may not line up with what you think about or how you think about it. I am very um, kind of, um, you know, like the half glass full type person. You, you know, you've heard of those people like, you know, they, they see a, a glass of water. Is it half full or is it half empty? You know, which side of the coin do you do you land on? I guess this was some kind of experiment or observation at some point, but who knows what this was. But I am someone, um, and I'll give you an example. And, um, you know, I'm not a big conspiracy theorist guy, but, you know, I think on some level we all have conspiracy theorists uh, living within us. You know, we think about something and like, hmm, I wonder, you know, why that is or how that is. Or I understand, you know, where some correlations can be met with certain things. Now, there, you know, those things teeter on the outrageous and ridiculous to, hmm, let's take a pause and look at that. For instance, right, and this is just my perspective, so do not, you know, drag me over the coals for this one. But when it comes to something like uh, this vaccine, and I use two examples, this vaccine, um, obviously it's been, you know, developed over the course of a few months when we know vaccines sometimes take years to develop depending on what's going on. Now, granted, we live in the, you know, in an advanced age where in 1940 to develop polio vaccine would be different from developing something else um, in this day and age. So hopefully the speed of technology, the speed of, of advancement in, you know, the medical uh, realm has caught up or has surpassed what we can do. So let's kind of hope that's the thing here. But with the advent of us knowing that a lot of African-Americans and people of color do not trust vaccinations or, or this vaccine protocol, it's it's not far-fetched to say that, well, you know what? We figured they're not going to take it anyway. So, you know, maybe not distribute. It's just far-fetched. It's just a, it's just a thought. You know, it's, it's nothing to hang my hat on and says, oh, I know they, they exactly do this. No, no, I don't know that for sure. But I'm just saying, like, it's like saying, you know, well, they might not take it. So it'll be more dosage for other people. Conspiracy? Who knows? Like I said, it's, it's that. Um, I am a big believer on the other side of this coin of that 
things are not always what they seem. And when I say that, I mean that when we have things that happen in uh, society or in our world or in our realm, it's sometimes a distraction or diversion from something else that's happening. Uh, I'll give you a current day and I'll give you a, a, a previous day thing. Previous day, meaning something from yesteryear. Um, for those of you old enough to remember and that are around my age, I'm dating myself here. I just turned 47. Um, when the I was in high school when the first Gulf War um, popped off. Yes, there was a first Gulf War. <laughs> Desert Shield, Desert Storm. Uh, I was 18. It was 19, between 1991 and 1992, I believe. And at the time before the war started... Um, there was a big thing going on with the savings and loans, which is like a big banking thing. Uh, saving, savings and loan scandals, which um, Jeb Bush, um, who is the brother, older brother of, of um, the former president, George W. Bush, uh, he was kind of involved or embroiled in, in a lot of it. And then when the war happened, which his brother obviously, um, you know, was involved in being the president. That kind of went away or went to the back burner. It went to a different news cycle and then it was it was never talked about again. You can actually Google this. So use your Google machine and go Google this. So you know that I'm not pulling something out of the air. Savings alone things happened and it just disappeared. So was it a diversion to start a war? Kind of far-fetched to say that. But again, I am not someone to totally discount something that may have just a, a pause to say, okay, well... You know, I don't think that they would start a war to just avoid that. No, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that something happens and then we get we get pushed off the track. Something current day. So obviously with this president that's outgoing, uh, has had a myriad of problems that he unfortunately brought on himself. So if he's sitting in his uh, his, his office today with, uh, with a skeleton crew of a staff, he only has to blame himself for what the things that have transpired over the last four years because he is the end-all, be-all of how he conducts himself, you know? And it can easily be a diversion that he may have a lot of things on some of these Republicans and maybe some of these Democrats where he was silenced um, by social media, you know, like he's off of every platform, rightfully so, because if you're going to incite violence and, and, you know, inspire hate uh, and things of that nature, that maybe that's not the platforms you should be on. Um, and when it comes to free speech, because I've been hearing a lot of chatter about this over the last, you know, two weeks now um, about freedoms, you know, freedom, freedom comes at a price and nothing is free. I mean, air is free right now, but at some point it might not be. But if he's silenced and he cannot get his message out to his um, base, he can also not say things that are happening, you know, from his per his perspective, excuse me. And whether you think he has something to say or not, that's up to you. You'd be the you know judge and jury of that. But to silence him in the way it is kind of coincides with like, well, maybe they're trying to shut him up completely and let him just go into the night quietly. Who knows if that's the situation and that's the case. The other part of that is the fact that uh, with this diversion tactic that we're happening, there's a lot of things that um, that sometimes get underreported or, or reported or not reported when it comes down to some of the scandals that has embroiled this administration and also... Uh, some of the some of the things that are that have been said about, you know, um, PPE loans that are given to people that weren't supposed to get them, friends of people getting loans, you know, things of that nature. So, again, I'm not casting aspersions um, with a wide net on this is what's happening.
happening. But sometimes we can be distracted. You know, I always say the cat with the laser on the wall and we just go crazy about whatever. Because obviously since last Wednesday until today, this it's been nothing about um, anything that's been going on other than this insurrection situation. And again, it's news. I get it. But, you know, people are still living their lives. People, things are still happening. You know, COVID is still raging. I mean, uh I think in, in all of this, I have not seen on any network other than what some friends sent me and maybe on a sports network that Alabama's national title win had thousands of people come out to celebrate that victory that were probably not social distancing. And that that's pretty scary in, in the, the clutches of this raging pandemic. So that that doesn't become news, um, you know for whatever, because I guess this is a fluid situation. It's constantly developing. So I get it. I get it. So transparency is one of my um, weaknesses as a person. I, I think sometimes I I am too transparent to a fault or maybe I open up who I am to the point where, you know, it's left. I'm, I'm left unguarded to kind of, you know, deal with how I'm perceived. You know, I am not someone who is who is uh, has no filter because I think that's a different type of transparency when people say insensitive things that they think are you know, encouraging or inspiring or whatever is, you know, sometimes it's the, it's the, um, the iron hand and the velvet glove technique when it goes to that. So I'm a very transparent person when it comes to whoever you see that I project is whoever you are. The other weakness that I have is that, um, that, and I'm, I'm developing this weakness as I live my life now, like as I get older, is that I am, I'm learning the, the difference between sympathy and empathy. I, I never really knew the difference between these two because I always kind of, you know, looked at certain things in a vacuum. I'm a person that believes wholeheartedly in like, you know, you play a big major part in uh, how things turn out for you because of the decisions that you make. It's just those things. It's like, you know, you can, you know, how many times have you not done something? Have you just, you know, you kind of sat around and. And, you know, there's a big decision to be made. And he's like, you know what? I just can't do it. I, I, I'm swayed. I'm, you know, I'm on the fence about this. And then the deadline comes up and then you're either forced to make a decision that you would have never made or it's ultimately ultimately made for you. Excuse me. And you're like, oh, my God, you know what? Had I just picked A or B, I would have been fine. But now I'm getting the C option, which wasn't even something on the table. So, you know, I'm learning um, how to be, you know, empathetic and sympathetic about certain things, you know, things that are near and dear to me. Um, I, when I worked in corporate field, I, I was one of those people, excuse me, excuse me, can't speak to that. I was one of those people that basically, if you came into my office with your head on fire, your hair is on fire because you're dealing with some situation and you're like, oh my God, I don't really, I don't necessarily react in kind because you're freaking out and I need to freak out with you. I kind of need to, you know, bear down and and get my wits about me. It's how I'm going to approach your situation and help you solve your problem. So I don't react um, to certain things. I am more of a um, person that kind of has to hear the facts and hear wh- where I can help you. And I always had this line. I, w- I would say, I'm like, you know what? Um, this is what I can't do. And this is what I can do. And I always led with that because I learned a long time ago is that you manage the expectation of a person's outcomes. You know what I'm saying? This is Jimmy. This is what I can do for you. And this is what I cannot do for you. 
So that way it's not it's not left up to interpretation or left up to, you know, some some device. That, okay, well, you never thought of doing this for me. No, no. These these are the powers that I have. Anything beyond what I just gave you, I have to go get approval for. So these these are these are within my wheelhouse. This is within my scope. Anything beyond that, I gotta seek, you know, seek out. So that way it kind of lets the person know, listen, I'm willing to help you, but you know, I can only go but so far in doing so. Okay, so I again I'm learning how to be sympathetic because again, sometimes you know, people are crying over things that they brought on them on themselves. I heard someone say they feel sorry for the president. I mean, I can't say that I do or don't. You know, I can't even really say I probably could I could probably actually say I don't care, you know. He brought it on himself, is how I see that. You know. Now, granted, you know, things twist and turn in the wind. I get it. But again, you know, by you saying and doing certain things, you're giving someone the opportunity to twist and turn your words. We see it all the time with, with clickbait and sound bites and all of that kind of good stuff. So it happens to everybody. But again, if you're if you're an inviting target to to bring these things upon yourself, then this is what happens. So that, those are my two weaknesses that I could take off the top. I obviously have a list of them, but, you know, those are the two that I can actually put out there that, that sometimes I'm too transparent where, you know, I'm like, wow, you know, I'm, you know, being really genuine here or I have to not be genuine. And the second one is that, you know, learning to, to, to decipher between when to be sympathetic and empathetic. It is what it is. Now, when it comes to my strengths... I kind of have to look a little harder into that and give it some more thought. Um, and again, I have a, I have a few, and everyone should have a few things, strengths about yourself. But for me, um, and this is my number two here, then I'll go to my number one as far as strengths, is that I am very rigid. And when I say rigid, uh, I am a very rigid person, meaning that if I strongly feel you know, convicted about something, I am going to fight for it. I am going to stand on my shield until you prove me otherwise. And most times, even if you convince me that I have, um, you know, maybe a warped sense of humor or a warped side of thinking, I can honestly say that I want you to see where I was coming from to say, well, you know what? I understand I might've, you know, came off this way, or I, I see now where you, you don't agree and it sounds stupid, but can you see where I was coming from? Can you see where, you know, where I was thinking, you know, my, my line of thought was, or, you know, what my end game possibly could be. But again, there's always a Delta in every equation. It's that's life. So I always think about that. You know, do you understand how I mean this or where I'm coming from? Or, you know, do you see my side of this story? You know, you may not have to agree. You may not have to be sympathetic or empathetic to it, but at least kind of see where I'm. Oh, I see where you're coming from, Clee, but that sounds stupid. I don't mind that. As long as you can convince me that my argument is not valid or I, I'm missing something in, in, in supporting that. Because, again, we all kind of sometimes get the 30 foot thousand foot view. And then we get the view from the ground floor. Someone told me one time, um, a wise person once said that the um, problems of a giraffe are different from the problems of a dung beetle. And I'm like, what? That makes no sense. It's like one of those like crazy fables or something. It's a story. There's like, no, no story. But if you look at it, if you think it and you dissect that, it's kind of it's kind of crazy because a dung beetle could just at the base level just see shit. And that's all I can see is the shit in front of them. 
right? In front of them. But a, a giraffe can also she shit in front of them, but not step in that shit. Get it? So at least that's my interpretation of what that person probably meant. I never looked it up beyond that to see if there's a deeper translation, but I kind of got that from what they were trying to tell me. So yeah, so that's one of my that's one of my strengths. I'm very rigid. Um, and I think, you know, I'm a Capricorn and I don't live by what the signs say, but I'm, you know, if I had to like, like read it, you know, with some, with, with some validity, I can honestly, you know, honestly say that I'm a Capricorn. Like I, I'm like, yeah, I could see my personality being like that. I'm very rigid. Uh, as I grow older, I try not to be, and I try to be more open to things, but I'm, I live by a very strict code of principles. That's why I love the Bushido code and the samurai code and all that kind of stuff. I like, I like policies and procedures because they're, they were thoughtfully put into place for something futuristic to happen. So when we thought, you know, when we think about, um, you know, putting in, um, stop gaps or putting in, you know, things that are, um, to stop someone from doing this in the future, I understand where the thought is coming from. Obviously, times change and thoughts of thinking should change as well. But there's a reason, a rhyme and reason for why this thing came into existence in the first place. So I understand that. So me being rigid is 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 that. The number one thing um, about me, and again, this is not my number one of all number ones, but this is one of the ones that I had to, in pulling out some of the things that I could pull out without having to get too deep, uh, so I scratch the surface is that I am a, um, and again, I don't know how to put this into context because it can be, uh, it can be misconstrued or it can be kind of practiced differently depending on the context, but I'm very loyal to stuff. And when I say loyal, um, you know, obviously you should be loyal to your friends, loyal to your, to your, your mates, your partners, your spouses. And, you know, I get that loyalty, you know, loyal to, you know, your principles of being a good person, you know, being loyal. But when I use the word loyal is that it kind of, it kind of piggybacks on the, on the rigid side of me is that, um, if, if, if I have two friends and one friend is really like, you know, talking bad about the other one, not, critiquing them obviously but i'm talking like really running this person down every chance they get uh i most likely will either ask you and say listen you know don't talk about that with me when that person's not here or i might call you on it when that person's in front of us and be like hey jeff so yeah billy thinks that um and then kind of out you and, and it's not to be a jerk off or, or do something stupid but i'm like listen you know we have a saying where i come from that every dog that takes a bone brings a bone you know, if they're talking about you like that, then, you know, most ch- chances are, you know, that's being spread around, you know. And I love when people come to you like, well, you didn't hear it from me, but and they go in. When you, hear, when you didn't hear it from me, that means someone told them that and someone told that person before that that. And then that's the that's like the insurance blanket on top of you ain't heard it. You know, you ain't heard this from me, but guess what? <laughs> it's just crazy. And, you know, that's how it is. So being loyal. um, is kind of one of my strengths. And, um, you know, like I said, it's not my number one end all be all, but it's kind of one of the ones that I gravitate to when I have to make this list of, of things. So the person asked me the question basically, and I'll, and I'll wrap this up really quickly here. They asked me like, you know, what are your strengths and weaknesses? And I, and I text them back. It's like, well, what do you mean in the context of like, is this for, are you doing a, a psych, you know, a, um, psychological test or taking one of those personality tests or whatever it is? Like, no, I just want to know, 
you know, when I when I assess, meaning that person assesses themselves, like should they should they, you know, should they more try to work on a weakness or a strength? And I said, well, that's up to you. You know, the smart, smart answer would be, you know, you work on your weaknesses to make them strengths at some point. And then when that weakness becomes a strength, then you pick another weakness that you have and you kind of bring it into the fold. But people don't really think like that sometimes. Sometimes, you know, you need to work on a strength to make it a weakness. You know, not being patient. It's a quality. Patience is a quality, but it's also a strength. You know what I'm saying? If you if you're not patient, if you're not patient, you have to learn how to be patient. You have to learn how to make that make that strength into a weakness. To say, you know what, let me be patient, or vice versa, is interchangeable. Some of those some of those attributes, some of those um, traits are interchangeable. You know, characteristics of a person. You know, if we can build the perfect, um, you know, mate or perfect, you know, boss or perfect kid. You know, we have things that we can, you know, put into something um, which makes it. You know, for us, but again, that's from our perspective. That's from our lens. It says, "Well, this is perfect for me, or this is ideal for me, or this is good for me." When it comes down to it, at the end of the day, it's basically that. It's basically that. So, I always tell people, I'm like, "Listen, if you're gonna assess yourself, if you're gonna take a really hard look, hard look at who you are, you know, you have to start with your weaknesses. That's why I went with that first because you need to know where you need to develop, you know, strengths." And again, once you once you look at your strengths, you might like, oh, you know what? Damn, that's actually a weakness, or it could be. You know, when you looked at your friends, if you guys all did this in an exercise of futility to say, well, you know, what are your, you know, what are your strengths? You might be surprised that the list that you know of of um, characteristics and traits might be way different from how you see yourself because your friends see you. You know, sometimes if they've known you a very long time, they kind of see you in a certain light, and if they if you have two friends that know you, you know, one of them has an access to a private door and one doesn't, you know, someone may know something about you that the other person doesn't know because maybe they've lived an experience with you and realized something. You know, I, I had this happen when I was um teenager. Uh, I think I was about 17. Went to a party with some friends and had a had a friend I used to hang out. I'm not going to put his name out here to embarrass him. But I had a friend that, you know, um, literally... Like literally was like the the ultimate tough guy, man's man. Hey, I fuck somebody up, whatever. And we, just, you know, always think this person was, you know, tough. Like, oh, okay, this guy, you know, something something jumps off at any party, a bar, whatever. You know, he's got our back, or I have to worry about him getting, you know, getting in, into the fray with us. And lo and behold, the situation came up, and he was the cowardly lion. And when I say cowardly lion, like again, you you know, you're a lion with us, but then you're a prey for other people where, you know, he totally froze up in a situation where, you know, we were in, um, outnumbered, or, you know, it was pretty bad fight at a party. And, you know, needless to say, uh, that tough guy stuff stopped. <laughs> and I think to this day, um, you know, if we get all, if we get all our friends together, it's going to come up. That story's going to come up and, you know, he's going to have to relive it again. He's probably lived it a hundred times from high school, but you know, it is what it is. You know, some people are, are a lion for a day or they're a sheep forever. It is what it is. You know, we, we, we project something to ourselves that we hope others can see and relate to. But then again, some people can see right through that. You know, the loudest person in the room doesn't mean that you're the toughest, you know, it's the quiet guys. How many times have you seen on the news, you know, when there's a mass murder in the neighborhood? Oh my God, Mr. Jimmy never, 
seem like he's a very quiet guy that is you know that is his rounds and he, you know he's gardening but then he has 18 bodies in his basement you know, mr jimmy's a madman it happens it is what it is so um gonna wrap up now so i hope that answered that person's question and thank you for the question thank you for listening as well thank you guys for listening and i hope that you have a great great rest of your week um which is just tomorrow i guess And uh, you have a great weekend. I will see you guys next week. Thank you for choosing the manual.